Welcome to the audio ministry of Nanda Flora Williams. She is a speaker, author, psalmist, and coach. As you listen, be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Hello everyone, welcome to Treasures for Living. Today we're talking about partnership in marriage. You know, it's one thing to be married, it's another thing to enjoy the full blessings and benefits of that marriage. It's it's a totally different thing, you know, and uh, the Bible says that, God says in his word that two are better than one. Obviously, if God created marriage and he created your husband and he created you, he must know something that you don't know. And if he has said that this is how you are meant to practice certain principles to ensure the success of your marriage, then God must know what he's talking about. So we need to trust him. Today we have Bishop Bob Alonge with us and he'll be sharing with us on partnership in marriage. I pray that you are blessed as you listen and you take on God's word and you practice his principles in Jesus' name. We need to let people understand that Christianity will always lead you to a culture clash. So if you want to do business as usual and be born again, then you're not going to enjoy the fullness of God's desire. And we need to begin to teach a Christianity that confronts mm-hmm. instead of a Christianity that conforms. Mm-hmm. And that's really how it is. We must be able to confront the culture and say, listen, whereas this is what you've seen, this is what you've known, this is what you're exposed to, but this is what God's plan is. Hmm. And this is what, you know, people are funny these days. You know, they, they get all riled up about sexuality. I don't know why people have tied up your whole sense of being, your whole identity into who you sleep with or who you don't sleep with. Do you understand? It's so crazy that these days, it doesn't matter really how you think, how you reason, your 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 intellectual capacity, your professional aspirations, your accomplishments or attainments. None of all that matters. Once you say, who are you? When people want to answer that, they want to answer it in the, the, the light of sexuality. I am a this or a that. That's so ridiculous because what people are hung up about, you know, same-sex or no same-sex relationships, you know, and uh, they're like, the Bible, the Bible is this, the Bible is that, the Bible is this, the Bible is that. You are joking. Is it just same-sex? Even, even the heterosexual relationship is regulated by God, you know? Once upon a time, it used to be till death do us part. Nowadays, it is only one at a time, you know? <laughs> That's the time you have what culture has changed, you know? The world's culture, but the word of God hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, the, the culture keeps saying something different. The world out there is saying something different. We need to start preaching it again in our churches, not desiring to get people to come you know, and remain the way they are. Yes, God accepts you exactly how you are, but he will, He loves you too much to leave you that way. You know, his job is to cause you to be metamorphosed, to change, to transform into the image of his son, to imbibe his thoughts and his ideas. That's God's objective. Yes. And that's our primary job, you and I. That's our job. That's our job. That's the renewing of the mind. That's our job. You know, and uh, we need to start preaching Christianity from that perspective again. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and be able to say, look, if I see it in the word, that's it. The word of God is final authority in my life. I'm going to conform my life first and foremost to the word of God. And then the world around me will naturally be subdued. Mm. It's part of his commandment. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue. And subduing begins with us ourselves. Choosing mm. not to conform to the world, but to be able to confront the culture and knowing what is right, doing it in our lives and then mm. affecting the world by it. So, yeah, we have to stand up against the culture. Absolutely. Okay, so, so thank you, sir. So, um, you, so I said, I gave an example and I talked about when you came, um, we saw you and how you flowed with your wife. And over the years, it's not changed. Um, you've, you've, you both work together. Um, you, you are in ministry together. You minister when you, when you preach. She comes up and she preaches. She does some prophetic um, praying at the end, she shared. You, 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 you flow together. On we're the working on it. We're not perfect. No, no, no. I, I didn't. I didn't say so. I was about to come to that. <laughs> I wanted to say. I wanted it to is say, getting better. Hallelujah. Yeah. I, I wanted to say what were the challenges you came across. So I remember this day that I asked you that um, because your wife, uh, uh, so Reverend Mrs. Alonge, um, she is we. So we've been talking about how brilliant she is for the past couple of days, um, where I am. And she is first, she has a first class in engineering, and she's she's accomplished so much. She's so accomplished. Are there times that you feel intimidated? Are there times that you feel, oh, let me not uh, give her as much um, room to express herself? Because sometimes you know, in a Nigerian context, you know, as when I when I was in Nigeria uh, um, a few weeks back, you know, I could hear some conversations where um, some women felt that they had been. Um, I'm trying to find the right words. Almost like they they'd been opposed in terms of manifesting their, the fullness of their giftings, their talents, and their abilities. You know, I was listening to conversations. So, are there times that you you struggle because we're talking about what the challenges? Of working you, you together, you know the challenges of working together. Ideally, when you when you have a football match, um, we were watching one yesterday. You you may not be able to score the goal, but somebody on your team may be better positioned to score the goal, so you pass the ball so that that person can score. So I, I that that is that kind of thing. But what if it, what we've also seen situations where you have the ball, you know that that person is a better position. But they call those people like selfish players. So, what kinds of challenges? Because I know that we all have different kinds of struggles. So, we've just talked about the mindset. So, what kind of, how do you deal with the fact that, okay, this person is more gifted in a certain area, or they're gifted, or they have more of the ability? I remember you shared with us, you said you hated calculations, I think. And you said something about accounting, I think. And then you said to me, you said, hmm. You don't bother with it, it passes to your wife. <laughs> you know, and she's that, you know, you sort of, I think that's one example of so many things I've seen you like just say, no, this one is not my gift, it's not my strength, and you don't bother, you know. So, um, how do you, how, how would um, a man or a woman, how would they deal with these challenges and how can they come together to ensure that 
you know, they both flow and they both benefit the team? I can only answer that question from two perspectives. One, my, you know, personal perspective and two from the word of God. Let me start with my personal experience. And I don't say this to, um, I don't say this in order to bring anybody down in any way, but I, I really don't struggle with, with competition. I'm allergic to competition. You know, if, mm -hmm. um, if I begin even on friendship levels, not even marriage, if I have a friend who in the slightest way I sense competition, that person has left that dimension of friendship and has become an acquaintance. I don't compete. Me too. <laughs> I don't compete. And I also don't have people competing with me. Yeah. I just don't see the world from those frames, you know. Mm -hmm. I believe that humanity is better served not when I do something, but when something is done. And my passion has always been to see that. And mm -hmm. like the allegory you used, it's not about who scored the goals. I just simply don't reason that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not accusing those who do, because I do recognize loads of people struggle with that. It's just not yes. one of the things I, in particular, struggle with. And perhaps it's because I didn't... I don't have the privilege. I don't think I grew up with privilege in that extent. You know that I will, I, I got struck with the horrible disease of polio when I was about one year old, um, paralyzed from neck down, and then the rest of my body responded to God's healing except my left leg. And I carry a limb, which is spectacularly obvious. So I've always been the underdog. I've always been the outcast. I've always been the not good enough. I've always been the, the person people will write off very easily or conclude about. I've always been the cripple in quotes, you know. So I've never seen myself from that perspective, you know, of seeing myself as competing with others. I look at the job to be done. And I think the essence, because this goes back to your very first question, and brings us back to the Bible. What is marriage? What is it? Mm -hmm. You know, I believe God didn't bring together Adam and Bruce. He brought together Adam and Eve, meaning he brought them together, not because they were similar. He actually brought them together because they were different. Mm -hmm. And literally, we are polar opposites. Generally speaking, when God brings two people together, the strengths of this person is the other person's weakness. Exactly. And the strengths of this other person is also this other person's weakness and together they compensate one another mm -hmm. and bring a greater value to the world around them that's how it's meant to be mm. you know i think we have these uh, especially men and culture you go back to this culture issue has taught the superiority of gender there's no such thing as gender superiority in scripture there's a lot about role assignments, not gender superiority. Mm. Men are not better than women. Mm. God didn't pay extra blood on the cross for men than for women. Mm. Men are not more valuable than women. Not at all. Mm. And Jesus himself, when he came, he demonstrated that when he would first appear to a woman, not to a man, and give her the prime responsibility of being the first which 
basically is the patriarch of evangelism. Go tell them that you have mm -hmm. seen us alive. And so on and so forth. And many women who supported his ministry, and it's documented in scripture. Mm -hmm. So many ways that Jesus broke the mold. So men are not more entitled to happiness and fulfillment in a marriage than women are. They are not. It's absolutely unfair. Marriage is not about a man. Not at all. You know, that's a barbaric, unscriptural, and a, in my own personal opinion, baboonish way of thinking. And too many of us think that way. But I do know that the Bible says that husbands love your wives. And it says, wives, reverence your husband. Mm. All right? But we fail to recognize the verse before that, how it ties in. It says, for this cause shall a man leave his mother and his father and cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Mm -hmm. Then it says, husbands, love your wives. Then it says, wives, respect your husband. So the cause is the love and respect. I need you to understand this clearly. If we want marriage to work the way God designed it to work, if we want that cleaving, that togetherness that you are seeing both on the pulpit and in the individual lives to truly happen if we are to cleave, be able to leave everything else, we are hewn stones, leave everything else, cut off from everything, chiseled off of us, to cleave to that one that we are joined to. Mm -hmm. It will require the fulfillment of that next verse. Love your wife, reverence your husband. Mm -hmm. And it's not just by its verse. I know people say, before you say you should submit to, the person we should submit to one another. Oh, please, stop copying out. The main reason why a man wants to marry, and this is seriously important, should be because I have found somebody I can love so completely and give my life to. The main reason why a woman would submit the rest of her life to a man and join to him is because she has found something she can respect. Mm -hmm. And our problem is we get it mixed up. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm marrying him because I love him. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. I'm sorry, but that's not enough. You love him, but can you respect him? If you can't, you're going to have issues in your marriage. So when you say can you respect him, what do yeah. you mean? I mean, absolute. I see something in him that I can defer to. I see, and it's not that I would do it because the Bible says so. That's trash. I actually look up to that person. Okay. Look for that. This is not just my body man. This is somebody I really look up to. I really think it's it. And you see, you know, when I started answering this question, I started by saying, I'll start from my experience. Mm -hmm. I don't struggle with it because my wife doesn't even give me the room to see her as feeling herself as a competition. She truly, genuinely, and sincerely looks up to me. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. She genuinely thinks I'm all that. Sometimes I wonder who it is she's trying to, to describe. But her favorite you know, past is, my husband is this, my husband is that, my husband is this, I my know. husband. You I even, know. You, you wonder, this is your husband. Let's, let's even get to know who this, this demigod is. Do you understand so, what I'm saying? So, so let me add to that. Someone said to me, this person said to me, this person said, I have never seen a woman that loves her husband and talks about her husband 
like Reverend Mrs. Salonga. That's and that's yes. you are right. That's what, that's what, that's yes, what, but the <laughs> operative word there is not so much love as it is respect. She loves me, there's no doubt. She loves me to smithereens, but uh, she, she, does. Truly, she truly thinks I'm all that. As in, she truly respects me. That's the active word. I can see something I can look up to. I can see something I can defer to. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, she sees me as wiser. She sees me as a better leader. She sees me, do you understand? There's a lot she looks up to. So in no way does she make me feel small in any way mm -hmm. or fashion. And I think that is essential in marriage. Mm -hmm. And that is something that the culture, the prince of the power of the air, mm -hmm. the devil has done over time to attack. Mm -hmm. And women are looking for, I want my pal. I want my best friend. I want somebody I can talk to anyhow and just say what I want, when I want, how I want. And they're going to have those complications yes. in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And the issue of competition and all of that begins to come in. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, can I be honest with you? We are not flawless. I have my flaws. And I think my wife might have flaws too. I don't really know what. I know that I do. But, but, but that woman truly truly honors me and is proud of me mm, you know, yes. really proud of me over yes. proud of me in my opinion mm. you know proud of me to a fault you know mm. so it will be really difficult for me to start talking about pegging her wings or clipping her wings or this or that mm. you know i believe we reap what we sow thank you for listening to this message we trust that you've been blessed encouraged and transformed to go out and make a difference